Life inspired by poetry. Let's give it some lip. Ta-da! All right. Well, welcome to our first podcast. This is the inaugural lip podcast, Life Inspired by Poetry. And the purpose of this podcast is to really look at how poetry informs so many aspects of our life and understanding how poetry can give us insight into relationships, insight into philosophical ideas, and insight into our own psyche as well. My name is Dr. Jenna Brock, and I am a lecturer at the University of the Sunshine Coast. I am the unit coordinator for our creative writing and publishing program, and it is so wonderful to have you listening with us. And I am not alone. Luckily, I have a lovely co-host, T.B. Harriet. T.B., tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, thank you so much. And it really is a pleasure to be here. Um, the idea of how much poetry can do for one is just not, it's an inexplicable, right? It's for each of us, it's very different. Um, I'm T.B. Harriet, and poetry has been fundamental to my being since I was about nine years old. And I come at this as a poet. I've done many things in my life, but the best part of me is yet to be discovered, and that is who I am as a poet. So it is a pleasure coming on board to host this, to oh, co-host this with you. It is so great. And and that idea that there's still things to unravel. And I believe that so much about poetry, that the first time you read it, depending on where you are in life when you read it, you'll have one encounter with it. But further down the road, when you read that same poem, you'll get something totally different out of it. Because I believe that poetry is... It's fluid. It's continually flowing. It's it's always in the process of becoming. Yeah. Mm. I, I, I so agree with that. And if I think of who I've become as an adult and how much poetry has informed that, has inspired that, has given me a reason to ponder mm. all the aspects of my life, but also the person I ultimately want to become. I, don't, I haven't discovered that yet, but I'll let you know when I get there. But I think that that's it. And I grew up with civil rights poets. And the one we're going to do today, Alice Walker, is just so much part of my lived experience and so much part of, you know, influencing. There's another I word. Influencing who I'm about to become. Definitely, definitely. And, And thank you for introducing Alice Walker. Yes. So what we're hoping to do with the podcast is to highlight different poets from across different categories and lived experiences and maybe try to pair that up with certain uh, national or international days and ideas that are, are, you know, being spread around the world or here in Australia. And I know that in the States right now, this is Black History Month. And so what better way than to look at one poet who has been such an amazing voice for her community and to really think about everything that especially this poem called we alone brings to the way we perceive the world yeah and i don't know that a lot of people know who alice walker is um famously known for the color purple the movie that launched Oprah Winfrey, I must say. Yes. <laughs> she hasn't been getting credit for it, but I'm telling you, that's who she was. Um, and very much about bringing together an understanding of black lives. You know, what is that experience? What's that lived experience? And but also... Sorry, yeah, especially no. in that one, the, the black female experience. Exactly. That double, that double oppressed. Yeah. 
in in the time that the color purple was was set. Yeah, and and I think that's typical. I think when I ever read something from Alice Walker, I'm always left thinking about something else. Mm. It's she has a, a really clever way of making you think beyond your original thought. And I just think that's such a wonderful thing. And if you haven't been touched by poetry, I hope that what we're attempting to do here will do that. It will, it will at least give you the desire to go out and read and rethink and, and relook at maybe a poem that you've come across in your lifetime. And that's what this one is to me. Excellent. Well, I've asked you to read for us. So would, would you mind reading Alice Walker's We Alone? I'm going to do that, and for that I'm going to put on my sexy voice, okay? Okay. (laughs) So, We Alone by Alice Walker. We alone can devalue gold by not caring if it falls or rises in the marketplace. Wherever there is gold, there is a chain, you know? And if your chain is gold, so much the worst for you. Feathers, shells, and C-shaped stones are all as rare. This could be our revolution, to love what is plentiful as much as what is scarce. Mm. So deep, like so many (laughs) um, interesting ideas about challenging the way that our society has shaped itself around materialism, around material things. And I have so many, so many ideas that I want to talk to you about, but let's start with the first two words. We alone. Now, that's a very interesting pairing of a collective and a singular. What are some of your thoughts that arise when you hear we alone? So what strikes me most about this is a reminder that even as a collective, we're individuals, Mm -hmm. right? And so the power of the group is also in the individual. And I always think of this in terms of my own personal responsibility, that I have a responsibility in that we alone, Mm. I can do something about it. So it's an empowering statement for me, as much as it's a reminder that the collective is made up of individuals. And I think it's no off chance that she's done that. I think it's a reminder that we have that responsibility. We're the ones that create these things, but individually we can act. That's right. And that's interesting too, because we can talk about what we want to see happen but it's only when we take action, and that's the alone part. Each individual has to take the action, has to denounce that narrative that wealth is the greatest thing that you can pursue in life. And if we can start to do that and start to value, as she says, these things that are plentiful, yeah, right, just as much as what is scarce, who knows what we could do in this world? Who knows what it would look like because we haven't even attempted that yet? Yeah, so that we alone is very poignant to begin because not only is it, um, you know, we alone, like the collective and the uh, individual, but at the same time, we alone are what has given power to the gold in the marketplace. It is. It it is, and I, it's a very clever way of reminding us where the currency of all this comes from, right? Mm. Because we often take it that it's something outside of ourselves. Mm. And this is a reminder for me that the currency that's given to anything in our society is generated from within. That's right. It's in the things that we value. And how clever of a way to do this 
to look at values and priorities by putting it into that material world, which we can all we all understand yeah. in some way, and that we have all probably stumbled in. You know, we're not all minimalists and just living what what we need and taking care of ourselves. We we are part of this community yeah. that, that you know tells you the next iPhone is better than the last. Yeah. And we get on that kind of treadmill of 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 buying and and replacing instead of just enduring with what we have and making the best of our circumstances. And and she's done this, I think, in a clever way throughout. Like if I look at the next line down where she talks about wherever there is gold there's a chain. Mm-hmm. So, you know, symbolically that chain is like the output of what that whatever we bring currency to and we become, in the links of the chain so like you say yeah. with the iphone it's the next one and the next one and the next one because chains are formed by these links right? right so it's if you link the original thing you valued back to these links you're going to see that it's continuing and we build those links we do we build the chain we that, do. that ultimately ensnares us yes yeah. And the chain's also symbolic for the shackles, right? So if I if I think about Alice Walker, and if mm. I were to second guess what she was coming out with this, or how I'm interpreting it, is that that the being bound by the chain, yes, it's an asset, but mm. it's also a shackle. That's right, exactly. Right? And we're now in this construct that we can't get out of. We seem yes. to be really weighed down by it, yes, because we've placed value on it. That's right. Yeah, and isn't that interesting that? The weight of it is actually crushing us. We're pursuing the very thing that yeah. is going to ruin us. And it's become the worst of us, right? It has. So instead of instead of it being this abundance that, you know, we can all share and and society is better. Yeah, it's the worst good, of us. Yeah, it becomes the worst with of us. It yeah. Instead of hoarding it. Yeah. And that's I think what we have become as a people and and we have to start thinking it, and I, I think about this. I'm I go to bed at night mm. reading this poem yeah. as a reminder of what it's all about. You know where where we're heading, where I, where I want to be right. in my life, and all so much the worse for us, right? So this is not worse. a good place, Mm-mm. right? So it's a reminder. It's not a good place because for all of that asset, it is a it's thing that shackles us to this construct that's maybe not getting us to where we need to be. That's right. The speaker in this poem is definitely pitying the person who is ensnared yeah. by this narrative that has consumed us. What was interesting, I think, also in the next section where it talks about feathers and shells and stones, if you've ever had children or been around children, these are the things that they find the most precious. Yeah. <gasps> Look what I found, you know, and it's the most amazing thing. And somewhere down the line, we lose that. Yeah. And it becomes, again, that pursuit of wealth. Yeah. And they are light. Mm. They're in abundance. Yes. They can be found in many places That's and can right. be enjoyed by many people. Right. So it's a reminder that we don't have to place value in those things there are lots of things that we can place value in and maybe if it takes us back to the time when we were kids and those things that we value the most how far away from that we we are today 
that wonder. Yeah. You know, even if it's something that you've seen before, each one was just a little bit different. And yeah. you just, you couldn't wait to share that yeah. with somebody else. I still do that today, by the way. Me too, me too. <laughs> <laughs> we live on the sunny coast, so it's a brilliant place to be. It and is. Just a reminder. It is a very beautiful yeah. place. And that, that kind of um, tension that she brings in through through everything that she's mentioning here, but the devaluing gold, the marketplace, and then the difference between the feathers and the stones. Um, the last stanza there talks about both something that is plenty, plentiful and scarce. Yeah. And it's very interesting to, to offset those, those two ideas, you know, that kind of conflict. Yeah. And... If we take it out of the material and into something kind of ideological as well, then the thing that is plentiful, people. Yeah. And putting your value in, in people that are yeah. around you and not, you know, only putting value in certain yeah. ideal of a person. Yeah. Like seeing what's around you and just really taking joy of what it is that's in your life. And I think what I like best about that stanza is the revolution. The thought mm. that it takes a revolution to change the track that we're on. Right. So this poem is written a very long time ago, but the thought that let this be our revolution. Back to right? that collective. Back to that collective, that we can change this. We mm. can get on a different ship. We can do whatever we want. Let this be that. That's right. You know, And a reminder that we don't have to just value the things that not everyone has access to. We can value the thing that we can share. That's right. You know, that will make society a much better place. Yeah, and and not to not to hide that. Yeah. Thinking, oh, well that's they've already seen that before or they've already heard something like that before. Or no, say it again. Say it often. Whatever it is, take joy in those plentiful things things that are abundant because you know what they could disappear someday could and then we always look back in hindsight as oh i wish i would have and then we'll value it and then we'll value it exactly (laughs) we need more of this we need more of this right that's right just a reminder do not take for granted what we have today Yeah. yeah appreciate it for what it is share it access to it all of those things so we talk about this in our society but golly we don't practice it no and imagine if we did imagine yeah and what are those steps how do we stop to be in this rat race of life that tells us like we are on that hamster wheel chained yeah to this idea because i mean so much of what we even need to survive has to do with the idea of gold or money yeah where can we start to inject some real change and how can we uh, just again think about how our society is shaped and what we can do in order to make it more collective you know but each of us alone are taking steps to do this and, and that's a million-dollar question, this is, right? This is a million-dollar question. But, but this is what poetry yeah, does. It makes po- us think. It, it does. It makes yeah. us think, and it makes us... I, I think in the first stanza, capturing the cycle that we're on about this economic construct of marketplace, mm-hmm. and then freeing us from that through the revolution, right? Yeah. Freeing us to the idea that so much can be valued outside of that. Yeah. 
you know, but a reminder that not everything is a marketplace. That's right. That's right. And be careful if you put everything in that construct because you may not like what you get out of it. That's right. But for me, though, those are powerful statements. And I and and to use so few words. I know. That's a small poem. To, to be able to, to <laughs> capture so much of who we are as a mm. people and as a society, I just think this is as clever as it gets. Agreed. Agreed. And, you know, even if it's just to get us to stop and go, oh, hang on, I'm chained. Yeah. And then to be that awareness can then lead to new choices. Yeah. And hopefully that return to enjoying and and valuing yeah. the things that are plentiful. I think, you know, speaking from the lens of a, of a poet myself, like it's not a, I always think of how to make the words crafty or tricky and what I like is the simplicity of this call it for what it is mm. right yeah. I would normally say shackled and she just uses chain or tethered and it, and it says yeah. the same thing yeah. you, you can reach people and you can emotively connect and you can connect that meaning without having to be to trick it up you know you don't have to do any of those things because in its pure form it says all it needs to. That's right. And that's power. That's very powerful writing. Mm. And that's what I just love about this. It's a, it's a reminder for me every day. And I've been reading this poem for a very long time, <laughs> I have to tell you. That's good. A, a very long time. Yeah, and it, you're right. And, and just that, that diction, that word choice, you know, multiple times throughout the poem, but especially like, yeah, let's focus on chain. If it yeah. was shackled, you'd have a whole different kind of Correct. feel to it. Or if it was tethered. Right. Each, yeah. Each of those carry a connotation with them. But I liked, you know, looking back when you talked about chain and the links yeah. and realizing that we ourselves actually create that. I'm not sure we could do that the same with tethered yeah. or shackled. Yeah. Shackled seems a little bit more aggressive, like we are being it is. shackled. It defines it for you. Whereas chain is like, yeah. you've put it on. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you can create the type of links that you want. That's right. right. Um, and I think it, it took me a while to get that. I think it might have been my... 55th reading that I thought, oh, it's not by chance. It's not shackled. Yeah. Because the links are created by each of us, and those links are different. And it's a hope that you can yeah. break them. Yeah. Where shackled is harder. It is. It's, it's, it's obvious, right? It's it's, like, I know what that is. That's, that's being imprisoned yeah, somewhere, that's right? right? And I think that's the power of this poem is that it leaves to the reader something that's very personal. Mm. Definitely. And yeah. everybody's uh, everybody's simplicity, plenty, yeah. is going to look different. Yeah. Of what it is to value. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a great poem. Yeah. It's a good one to start with. I, I have to tell you that I hope that what we're trying to do here about appreciating the value of the creative intelligence in our society is something that catches on. Same. Because if... Your lives have been touched by poetry in the way that my life has been touched by poetry. It'll make sense that you'll know why we're doing this. That's right. And I'm really happy that we started with Alice Walker because the power in her writing is like next to none. Like she's she's really up there for me in, in just how she doesn't overdo it. There's nothing overextended. Economical use it's, of exactly, words. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I was going to say the budget dictionary. Yeah. <laughs> same, same thing. The budget dictionary that yeah. I can appeal to the most people by not making it out of reach. Right. Right. 
and doesn't try to answer it. No. Just tries to show, put it up like a mirror. Yeah. Just hold up a mirror to society. Yeah. Really loving this one. Really Excellent. loving this one. Oh, well, thanks for joining us on okay. this first one. And hey, who knows? Maybe we'll get some guest poets in from time to time. And we'll really see where we can take this podcast. So thanks for joining us. And this is TB signing out. It's a pleasure. And I do hope you are touched in this Black History Month by African-American poets who have made such a contribution in the words that they've used, their impact on society, and for all the hard work that they've done. That's right. And if you are facing any issue or you're contemplating things, all you got to do is give it some lip. Okay. All right. Thank you, guys. Bye.